because we'll just do six. Three, two, one. We are recording episode six, Love and Thunder. Let's start by thanking your sponsor. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Dave Lipson. And Camille Blanc-Besne. I forgot that part. And today, um, we're going to get into some really cool stuff. But first, I want to give a shout out to some of our sponsors and supporters of the podcast, like Nutrex Research, the best sports supplements on earth. And it's awesome. It's Nutrex. <laughs> Born primitive. We might be born naked, but they put some sweet clothes on us. I love your taglines. These are authentic taglines. Cured nutrition. I'm high as a motherfucker. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it definitely works. Perform sleep. Sleep good. And do other stuff in the bed, which also feels good. Okay. Yeah, I know. We're going there. You got some more than me, Cam. You got a bunch of sponsors. Let's go to the red. red gives you wings. Does give you wings. Who else are we? Who else are, we are we forgetting anybody? Feroz here? Fitness, best uh, program out there. Yeah, that's right. Feroz, if you are fierce, you are Feroz. Um, and I, I don't. Okay, so let's just get into it. All right, we're enough bullshit. We got some really I'm cool so stuff. I forgot someone. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, first um, some training secrets from veteran athletes and trainers that you may or may not be aware of. These are things that have really helped Camille and I a lot. We're gonna get into our top mindset tools, things that you can actually take with you and implement tomorrow on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to get the most out of yourself. And we're gonna talk a little bit about our 10-year wedding anniversary. But first, let's we get into- We have been married for 10 years. A, a decade, a, as they say. A decade of David. Oh, boy, that's I, way too much David. That is so much. <laughs> yeah. People um, don't know this at home, but they think like you put an act when you're posting oh, on God. social media. The What they don't know it's is... It's a toned down version. Yes! Yeah, that's, it's funny. It's like, oh, you're really handing it up for laugh. social media. Yes. And they don't realize I'm actually trying to like watch my P's and Q's and not offend people because I am usually out of control. Yes. Um, but uh, let's get into... All right, uh, training so, secrets. Training secrets. So... Um, for, for those of you guys out there, I know a lot of people listening to the podcast have been training, they've been training for a while, mm -hmm. and chances are they have a decent, what we might refer to as training vernacular, in that they understand a lot of concepts yeah. a, a, about movement, about exercises, and what we're going to talk about is not necessarily what you're doing in your training, but, but how you're doing how, it that can really yes. make a huge difference. So, Cammy, why don't you get into just a little bit um, about some of the things that athletes might consider uh, to get more out of their training. Yeah, I think like this is just, it's like free, free education and uh, free to do. It doesn't take more time. It's really just trying to do things on purpose with purpose. And with that being said, for example, you have a certain training to do. It really doesn't take much more effort to just try to be very conscious into how you are doing things. And before we even get there though, I think it's important for athletes and coaches to understand that as much as it's training in the gym, it's also education for mm -hmm. the athletes yep. to understand, you know, not just what they're doing, 
but why they're yeah. doing it, how they should yes. should be doing it, so that they can better hit the bullseye um, with training. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, are probably performing some of the same movements, right? They're they're back squatting, they're deadlifting, they're pressing, they're doing mm -hmm. they're doing pull ups, but oftentimes they reach a point where there's just like a plateau. Like yeah. they're just not getting much better and they keep doing the same thing again and again. Or and they get injured and they don't know why. Exactly. And you're just like, hey, what's up? I responded so well to back squats before. Mm -hmm. Why am I not getting stronger mm -hmm. or bigger? Why are the numbers not getting, uh, getting any higher? And this is where the education becomes important yes. now that you've accommodated to the stress of just doing the movement or just trying to lift maybe as heavy as you can mm -hmm. or as fast as you can. This is where training principles really become important. And for me, this has been a huge evolution in my education as an athlete and a coach into understanding principles and training that can yes. really, really help athletes break over a plateau, avoid injury, and keep themselves moving forward. So understanding the, the, the stimulus and intention behind what you're about to do. So let's just talk about the low-hanging fruit first, which is form. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and one <laughs> That's thing, exactly what I was thinking. One thing you'll notice about uh, athletes and coaches that have been doing this for a long time is that they have really refined form and technique. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of wasted movement or the way that they're moving is very intentional yes. to be able to get um, a, a result. So let's speak a little bit about form and maybe some of the things athletes should be looking for and thinking about just in general when they're performing movement. Yeah, I think like there's a couple basic thing that just like happens like 90% of the time unless you're doing like so especially I'm talking here about uh, compound movement yeah like compound movement you should m like pretty much always have a, a flat foot on the ground weight well distributed through it with an arch back like if you don't have that we're like not engaging all the musculature and keeping or say ourselves like um uh, more orthopedically safe and we're not having the full mechanical advantage. If I could just from a 30,000 foot view just put this out there, good movement looks pretty. Yeah. All right. So when you go in the gym and, and you see. Oh, did you just ask me a question? I've been your own answer in your oh, head. No, and it kind of sounds like we can get into the semantics of each movement or what your spine should oh, be. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking moving. literally in general. When but you're yeah, talking it, it about deadlift, just... talking about like pressing, talking about squat. All of them, your spine should be neutral and you should be like driving in your heel, keeping your foot flat. Yep, exactly. For, That's like for a lot, especially lower body things. movements have so many similarities, mm -hmm. things that are like mediated by the hips. Like you're seeing a lot of the same patterns. Um, but you know, if, if you're just kind of like watch an athlete, um, avoiding things that just look Ugly. Cringy, yeah. <laughs> Cringy. I, I agree. Make, make I agree. you feel like, oh, that spine is going to shoot out of the back of somebody's back, or oh man, like they're really on mm -hmm. their toes. I feel like their kneecaps are going to explode. Yeah. Um, like you can usually tell, but you know, um, the range of motion, honestly, in a lot of cases, you know, people can become ego lifters. They just want to because they're, they're trained into like yeah. that number on the whiteboard. Like, yeah. I want the heaviest back squat in the class, so I'll you know do whatever it takes, even if it means moving ugly mm -hmm. or not getting the range of motion. But oftentimes maybe reducing the weight yes. and just trying to move pretty more consistently and accumulating quality repetitions yes. over long periods of time is the difference yes. where it's like a step back to be able to take two or three steps forward. Yeah, we were. Ta I was talking uh, literally like two days ago, I was doing um, another podcast and uh, we just kind of got into like how people have lost the ability to master the foundation and 
like we see this everywhere where like they'll barely touch the foundational movement and then they'll go straight on into adding complexity and intensity. Yep. But like we really need to master those like knowing how to squat properly, knowing how to deadlift properly, knowing how to press properly. But that also goes on the coaching side, like just understanding the body, like the basic notion that goes with the body. And, and I'll be the first one to say that like at Thunderbro, we use a lot of movements that don't use the full range of motion. Oh, yes. Uh, because there's, there's benefit there, <laughs> yes. right? But, bef but before we start adding more bottom bar, everybody should have a good full functional range of yes. motion for a muscle to fully lengthen and shorten. And we'll get into the context of like, you know, where you might use that more in training versus less in training. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really what we're referring to here is like positioning and patterning you're seeing in the movement. Um, so for those of you guys out there, if you're hitting a plateau, maybe drop the weight down and just try to move pretty more frequently. And yes. you'd be surprised how a lighter weight that, you know, may have seemed really easy for you before can be really challenging when you're really focusing on just moving with perfection. Mm -hmm. And that can add great muscular balance, orthopedic safety, really set you up for success. Yes. The other thing I would like to add um, onto this, I feel like a lot of people at home, they're like, I don't know if this is a good program. I don't know if what I'm doing is right. And if you really want to like work on purpose with purpose, like for example, I love going to the gym and knowing exactly why I'm doing something. Because that way, when I do that, that piece of training, I have the goal in my head. Like I know what is the purpose of this. Am I going heavy? Am I trying to, you know, get my heart rate up? Am I trying, like, what really am I trying to do? Am I trying to get in my butt? Am I trying to get in my quad? And um, if you're not sure what you're doing, ask your coach. Yep, that's and so important. And if your coach is not able to answer you, that's a red flag. So this is a shift now. We're not no longer talking about just like the mechanics of the movement, the, the way that you're doing it, which is really important. So to give you guys an example, like at Thunderbro, what we do is, yes, they're getting trained, but they're also getting a lot of education where yes. every exercise is labeled with a principle. So there are mm -hmm. um, there are pieces in every workout that are like heavy mechanical loading mm -hmm. where they know, hey, the goal is heavy. And then there's stuff where there's concentration work where they know, okay, we're trying to get like slow contractions yes. with mind muscle connection. Time under tension. Time under tension. You're just and, trying to hold yeah. on to the weight as long as you possibly can or metabolic stress where you're just trying to push as much blood yep. as possible. But looking at the details of those principles, you start to notice some things where like, hey, you know, you're not just back squatting, but it's like a three second negative yeah. or a partial into a full rep. And it's not necessarily the movement that you're doing, but how you're executing mm -hmm. it and the way you're challenging muscles in a different way beyond just the load yes. to be able to maintain control or you know do do whatever it is that you're trying to kind of target. Yes. And a lot of athletes will only look at the weight as their metric for whether yes. they're executing it properly, where if you kind of think about the principle, the principles are there for a reason because they work and mm -hmm. for most people because they're different, because they haven't been training that way. Mm -hmm. So you have to get uncomfortable in a way that you're not normally accustomed to. And yeah, and a lot of times that means moving much slower or much lighter yes. or um, you know, not just focusing on the load, but focusing on the way that you're moving that load. Yes. Sadly, I think um, a lot of the program out there, they just are not giving that to the athlete. I know both me and you are obsessed. <laughs> like in when we program, there's this like big description under each section 
that we're giving them the purpose. We're giving them exactly why we're doing this because we want, I want to make sure they're doing it right, but also I want to make sure that they know that I care so much about what they're doing at the gym. Like in my head, I'm like trying to hold their hand even though I'm far away. Now, I think where it gets hard is it can be the best program in the world, but if there is no explanation of why they do things for what, I think that it becomes very hard for the athlete to just like trust. Yep. Like if I just write five by 10 back squat, like, like either they, they are going to go to maybe a, a sub weight that that wasn't my intention for them to do, or they're going to go too heavy and ugly. Like and, and I, I so need hard. to help them. Like it, that's what's so hard about online training because yes. the coach is not physically there within yeah. the gym. They're all getting the program. So the only thing we can do is try to give them as much direction as we yes. possibly can and be able to interact with them. But, and I think this is changing. We're seeing more coaches pay attention yes. in the functional fitness realm to like contractile speed, mm -hmm. but it's much more than yes. contractile speed too, because what we'll do is we'll create new ways to kind of combine mm -hmm. methods to make it more awful. So yes. as an example, like we have a complex where we do um, you know, high rep sissy squats, which is like a very quad dominant mm -hmm. squat. And we do these nice and fast, just three quarter rep ranges of motion yep. from the bottom to halfway under up. And we label that, hey, that's metabolic stress. You wanna feel blood getting pushed yeah. in the legs. You wanna feel your legs burning. And then they'll go immediately into super slow, heavy uh, 12 rep back squats where they're moving three seconds mm -hmm. down and three seconds up. And they know that that is about heavy mechanical loading. Yeah. They want them to go as heavy as they can while moving slowly yeah. and that's where you start to see like legs really yes. trembling and you couldn't get that effect you know alone that kind of compounding effect yep. where and i think that's where we're unique in our training methods is we really use a lot of these different principles to be able to create new stimulus for, yes. for growth and adaptation but the big point is you know it's not just what you're doing but it's how you're doing it that can make a and huge why, difference yes um the last thing i wanted to say real quick and then we'll move on from this is um I think one of the mistake about like not being precise enough in what, in what you're programming, you might program a workout or something and it can be done like a hundred different ways. Yep. So like if you give, I don't know, like a high intensity workout or this or that, you can have someone who decide to go like, I'm going to work for 20 seconds and rest for 10. Then you can have someone who's just going to go steady all the way through, or you can have someone who start way too hard and is going to crash. And you can have someone who starts slow and then's going to speed up. But all of those have different impact on yeah. how like the body responds to the training. So understanding ahead of time, what you're trying to get out of your training or why you're doing this is so key. And then really being able to achieve that training on purpose with purpose. And, and you know, Camille and I have had the chance to work with some of the world's like foremost Best. hypertrophy so lucky. And one thing that I've noticed about great coaches that understand muscle hypertrophy is it's not about a set rep range mm -hmm. or load. Like a great coach will just be able to watch you. Listen with and your eyes. Listening with you. <laughs> yeah. They're listening with their eyes and they're watching you and they're looking for that alarm state yeah. where, oh, your legs are starting, yeah. your, the movement's really starting to slow down. Yeah. And then they're able to squeeze two or three more reps. Yeah. And it's those two or three more really hard challenging reps where you're just flirting with mm -hmm. failure in a controlled environment that be able to make the difference. 100%. So because we're not there and able to actually do that in person with the athletes, one thing that we've incorporated into our online program is the form check feature. 
So what athletes can do, and every program has a, like a private Facebook group, I know mm -hmm. you have the same thing too, is any athlete in our Muscle Anarchy program can go and make a post in our private Facebook group, they just title it Form Check, and they put their video of the complex, and we can look at both their mechanics, how they're doing it, but also the way that we're doing that so that they can better understand the yes. concepts, because the concepts, the principles, are really where the magic is yes. at. Uh, really? Okay. Yes. Our goal is just to be there for them as much as we can. So let's uh All right, tough mindset shift. tool. You seem to really know yours that you wanted to share. I, I have that. five million, so why don't we start with yours? <laughs> okay, well, well first <laughs> And I want to make sure I'm not gonna repeat what you're saying. Mindset can be a really um a really kind of fluffy, crunchy category for people, you know, because it is kind of like, well, mental wellness, and then, then you've got the performance aspect. And, and for me, I mean, they're all kind of interrelated, but I always think about like, how do I get the most out of myself? For, yeah, for I think, myself and for the people around I me. think for me, mindset tools are literally like, <laughs> this is me being my little engineer self. Um, for me, mindset tools are literally like tools that have been scientifically proven to help you reach like better goal and better state. Our friend Justin Sua, who's a great mental skills he's coach. He's the best. Uh, and he's a, like a resident with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's done so many great things with athletes, but he has an awesome podcast called Increase Your yep. Impact. And just that phrase alone really nails it for me. Yeah. When someone talks to mindset about me, I'm like, how do I increase my yes. impact and, and get more in myself? And I can tell you, I know what happens when I'm not doing that. You know, when I, when I feel like mm -hmm. I'm in quicksand, like I'm getting nowhere. Yes. And typically, this will be triggered by some kind of event that is an obstacle, right? Yeah. A, a setback, an injury, a, you know, whatever. Something went wrong. The website crashed. Mm -hmm. We hit a dead end. Yeah. And I tend, like a lot of people, to focus on what I can't do, yes. right? I'm like, oh, my thing is hurt, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm like, well, my back, my back was a great example yes. for years, I was so bummed out because I couldn't do all these things with my back and, and what I didn't consider is, number one, that doesn't help me to focus on what I can't do or what I no longer have, um, but really to maybe shift that focus to what I do have and what I can do because that gives me a sense of relief in that I feel like no matter how long or how hard it takes, at least I'm getting somewhere. Yes. Even if it's slow, even if it's hard. So my number one mindset tool for people, for productivity, for um, feeling like you're, you're, you're moving in the right direction or avoiding circular thinking where you just kind of keep going over whatever that bad thing is again, is to make a list. Uh-oh. And Where is it you learned that from? I learned that from Camille. And I'll be the first to admit, when things are going good, sometimes I forget to make lists. And I'm just like freestyling. But but when things do get and then, hard. And then you get to a point that you're like, yep. yeah. When, like, it, when, yes. when the shit hits the fan and it's really time to be like, okay, well, mm -hmm. what can you do? Yeah. Boom. The list is the GPS. It's your I way agree, out. Yeah. And the more frequently you can do it, you're going to feel like you're, you, you like we keep on saying these things, but you're living on purpose with purpose. You're knocking things off the list, a sense of accomplishment, a feeling like you're mm -hmm. getting somewhere and a, a sense of continuity because without a plan, you plan to fail. And so for me, it's that simple act of, you know, at the end of the night, before you go to bed for the next day, when you're all stressed out about this, that, and the other thing, instead of just sitting in bed and thinking about all the shit that went wrong, yeah. make a list, you'll sleep better, get up in the morning, you and start crossing doing. shit off. Even yes. if it's small stuff. Even if it's like, take Zoe to school. Oh, I think, I think the small 
stuff in the list is the most important thing. And it's nice to be and, easy things. And that sounds like insane because when you look at it in like the sense of like achieving your goal, it doesn't seem to be the big thing. It's not like the meat and potato. But what the small things do is that it gets the ball rolling. Yes. It gives you win. So if like on your list, your first thing is like, drink my coffee in the morning and you always drink your coffee in the morning, you just got to win. And that creates momentum. Right? Yes. You feel like and you're, you're like crossing it up and get that little uh, serotonin dip in your brain. You're like, I'm awesome let's keep going and then you get to that stuff that you've been dreading but at that point you've been on such on a roll and you've been like so amazing that you just like get ahead and the, keep going the mental difference between thinking that you're winning and, and leading from the front as opposed to fail falling behind and trying to chase yes. somebody is completely different and it's important one thing i i realize is like when you do make these lists make them small achievable things yes. so it shouldn't be like build the website but it should be stuff like purchase the URL today. Yes. You know, because exactly. that way it's achievable. Answer three emails. Yeah, exactly, yes. Exactly. Yes. All right. What's yours, Cam? Oh boy. Okay. So let me think. So this is one um, that I really like and it's, as, it's very simple, but every action that you make fires the synapse in your brain in a certain way. And the more you do something, the easier that like firing becomes with that being said for example if i am creating a new habit that new habit is going to be hard at first and it's not going to feel natural and it's going to feel like it takes effort well just know that every time you make that better choice Literally in your brain, it becomes easier and easier and easier to make that choice. And that's been something that I always keep in the back of my head, especially when faced with hard choice. Do you have an example of one of those types of actions that like at first it was hard for you and now it's just like part of your habit, part of who you are? I think like for me, like food. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Food is yeah. like definitely like like something that's been really hard I, part of it is how i've been raised i haven't been raised in an environment that i was shown what the healthy relationship with food was um there was a lot of like um uh priving us of food and then kind of like i would see like literally my parents like go nuts when like there was sh sugar and we never could eat sugars everyone would go nuts so when I became an adult and it was like I had access to it. So when there was food available, you would binge. Yes. And it was also the type of thing when we would uh, eat for, you know, dinner time, you couldn't leave the table until your plate was done. So it became like kind of this weird thing in my head that like my plate had to be done. Otherwise I would like get yelled at. So, I mean, that took me years and I still struggle with it sometimes. But it's like this conscious like moment that I have to make that choice of I am feeling full, my plate isn't done, like what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like 
being okay, I'm okay, I'm done, let's put it away. And the more I do that, and you're very like right brain, you're very linear. Like if there's a you 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 have to you, you know you like you have to go all the way to the line. You you know like there's no freestyling with you. Well, that that's I guess another type of those choice yeah. that is very important to me is you you have to finish what you start so, unless it's like you know. Unless the path is not going where it should be going, which I've learned to be more flexible about it. But um, especially in order, I think, to become the fittest on earth and finish my chemical engineering degree, like, I would, like, kind of make myself those goals. Like, okay, you have to study this full chapter. Can I pause you there for a second? Because I want to talk about those two things you mentioned, being the fittest on earth and getting your chemical engineering degree. Because for people that are listening out there, they're like, oh, I want to do this hard thing, so I'll just do it and, and, uh, and I'll try to stay dedicated to it and, and it'll just kind of magically become a habit. But the truth is, number one, you have to really want it, right? Like there, there are things, just me knowing you as well as I know you, <laughs> okay? The idea of determination, right, is, is this unstoppable gravity towards achieving your goal. Right, and so when it comes to you, you you will do whatever it takes to get that chemical engineering degree. I mean, we did it. We commuted we back and forth from California to, 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 to Canada yes. to do it. Right, we we went to extreme lengths for the CrossFit Games. We absolutely did it. We exhausted every possible resource, and we did all these things that were really hard. And, but without that desire and sense of desperation. I don't know that you would have done those things. So for those of you guys out there, well, I, I think it's important to I ask think, yourself, do you really want this? I think it's, um, I think it's, I don't see it necessarily in the desperation side because I don't, I think for me it was more of a, like having no jick. So just Jake or just in case. No excuses. No excuses. You burned the ships. There yes. was no turning back. And it was like being very curious into what can I accomplish if I really, really a hundred percent try to do everything right. I think a lot of times it just is coming down to And that hey, become the that idea. became discipline and that also is like right back in line with those choice. And we used to do that all the time. Like I would be eating I would reach out for the cookie and they would be, is this in line with what you're trying to achieve? And I would take the cookie and throw it at them and, and be like, darn it. it. But, but I, it was perfect. I've but, talked about this before with people can, yes. where like you really have to be honest with yourself and, and I could oh, say this a lot of different ways. Yes. But for, for you, it's like, does the idea, does the pain of discipline, right? Uh, or or on being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. whatever it is, does that bother you less than the pain of not doing yourself justice. Oh, not even that. For me, one of the things that I am the most scared in the world, and that's why I'm like, I don't think it's desperation for me. I am so scared to regret. Yeah. That for me is like, because when you regret, you didn't even try. I would much rather fail on my freaking face yep. a million times then be one of those persons sitting at home saying, oh, I could have or should have. Well, you didn't. Have you ever had the experience of like, you know, that thing that felt so hard the first time and then after you've been doing it for a while and it becomes a habit, you look back and you're like, 
I don't know what I was making such a fuss about. It's not that bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's just because it's different and you got to retrain it's yourself. It's a synapse. It's so funny you said food it's because a, a when, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about like, you know, how long it took me to like weigh and measure food. And I was like, I'm weighing measure. That's ridiculous. Now it's like, or food prep on my own. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. I really don't know how else to do things now. And it's not only that. It's literally any new habit. It feels hard at first. But when we look back, they were, are so beneficial to our life and really help us optimize everything else that the idea now of not doing those things is so silly. Yep. And a lot of times, I'll be honest, it's true for myself. I think it's true for you too. And a lot of people out there, a lot of times, frankly, guys, we're just big fucking babies. We're big babies. <laughs> yeah. Like this is hard and yada, yada. And I just ask yourself, like, who's talking in your head? Is that the adult version or the child version mm -hmm. of yourself? Like, this is hard. I'm making an excuse. I can't do it. This and that. And the adult version is saying, hey, you got this. You just got to do it. Yeah. That's it. And well, so, sometimes I need a hug. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're adults, so pay but attention those are, who's, who's but, talking in your Yes, head. but I also think those are those are important. I feel like unless sometimes we look at ourselves and like, hey, you know, you're, you're being soft. It's. I feel like if you don't have the soft versus the hard, it's hard to know where you're at. There's a time and a place. Like perspective is everything. So if things have always been easy, anything is going to be hard. But if everything is hard, then like yes. it's hard to know what is supposed to be easy. It's so having context. both is, yes, Yeah, and always, that's what I tell you. Like always. when we complain about things, sometimes I think about just how supremely lucky we but are. But even now. We got one minute. Yes. Let's talk about our 10-year wedding anniversary. It was wonderful. We went to Disney. We had the first time alone the for the night <laughs> without amazing. the baby. And it was so fun to like, it I felt like I was time. reconnecting with you as yeah. we just went on rides and had fun together. It reminded me of like when we first started dating. So we talked a little bit about, you know, after 10 years, what's your biggest takeaway? Oh, if there's love, there's a way. Because it's hard. It's really hard. We've been through so many hardships. A lot of hard things, a lot of great things. Hard things that like could destroy a relationship. And it, we always came back to, do we love each other? And are we willing to change and grow? Yeah. I mean, you, you have to ask yourself hard questions. Um, you're willing to grow. You're going to have to check your ego. Let go of your pride sometimes and understand that it, it's all about building a life together. Thanks for being here. See you. <laughs>